0: We've got a bonus special weekend Where Your Dreams to Become Reality podcast with Devin Allen up next. He's the latest member of the Sub 13 club in 110 meter hurdles. And if you're not familiar with this story, he's a superstar athlete. Football and track and field in high school went to the University of Oregon, broke his arm freshman year of football. Started out the track season slow, running over 14 seconds for the 110-meter hurdles. By the end of the season, he was running 13.16 and was the USATF and NCAA champion. Then went on to start Oregon in football the next year. This was Marcus Mariota's Heisman Trophy winning year. Only to blow out his knee in the Rose Bowl National Championship semifinal game, Oregon made the championship game, but Devin couldn't play. Missed the 2015 track season. Came back with a vengeance in track in 2016, ran 13.03 to win USA's and make the Olympics, where he would finish fifth. Then went back to the gridiron, blew out his other knee, managed to come back that same track season, still run 13.10 and make the world's team again. But it wasn't smooth sailing for Devin. He ran 13.23 the next year, 13.33 the year after that. Still made the world's team, and that prompted him to go back to his college coach, Jamie Cook, where in 2021 he started seeing the old Devin Allen again. He ran 13-10 to make the US Olympic team. Olympics didn't go great, got fifth place, but only 0.10 from the gold medal. And then after the Olympics, he went on a tear. He won the Wasan Diamond League meet, the Diamond League final in Zurich, and ended the season with a 1299 in Zagreb, Croatia. So we talked to Devin about obviously track and field football tremendous athlete his dad even says he could play professional baseball we'll put a link in the show notes to a sports illustrated article on him in 2016 and if you want electrolytes without the junk no sugar you got to try drink lmnt go to drink letsrun let's run and for five dollars shipping you get a free sample pack six different flavors this stuff is great no junk no sugar nothing you don't like it i'll personally refund your money Alright, here's Devin. impossible is now Look at the European Europeans say that he hasn't really been in a war yet. But this boy's gonna
1: have to believe in him. And
0: somehow she's found the acceleration. We should start a new segment here in Let's Run.com. Where your dreams become reality. We're joined by Devin Allen, who last week became the 22nd man ever in the sub 13 club in the 110 meter hurdles. He ran 12.99 in Zagreb. Devin, thanks for joining us and congratulations! Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, pretty pretty
1: exciting. I was actually joking with my buddy yesterday. I became the 13th American to to do that as well. And you know, my whole life I've worn number 13, playing sports, playing football, and that's like like my, my lucky number. So. It just fits that you know i'm the 13th american to,
0: to break that barrier that's fitting that's perfect and let's talk about the race a little bit because when you finished was it 1303 popped up on the clock or 1304
1: 1303 popped up but you know actually it's kind of crazy it's like the all the whole meet all the times have been running down or rounding down a few hundreds so you know it's good that I did happen for my race too, but I was hoping it was going to round down as well, but it just was taking a little bit longer than I would like to. So I didn't, I didn't exactly know until, you know, about 45 seconds to a minute later.
0: When you finished, you kind of did this like pinching with your hands. Like, yeah. When you're running, you know, you're flying, you know, you're going great. Like, were you thinking like, Oh, this is it. This is my 12, nine race or.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, my start that I had is probably one of the better starts I've had this year, just out of the blocks. And and once I kind of went out in front against two guys that are very, very good, you know, like fast hurdlers, I know, you know, Hansel Parchment and Ronald Levy, um, Olympic champion and, and Olympic bronze medalist. When I was out in front, I didn't really feel them anymore. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a fast one. So. Really in my head, I was just focused on, you know, just staying clean and and kind of just finishing the race quick. And that's pretty much what happened. I think there's a, maybe hurdle six, I kind of clipped and kind of got twisted a little bit. So I think I could have run a little bit faster that race as well, but overall it was a pretty, pretty, pretty solid race for me.
0: Yeah, you could say, say so. I mean, you crushed the Olympic (laughs) champion and you also won the diamond league final. You started running, I mean, you're running pretty well all season, but fourth at the Olympics kind of kind of talk us through maybe the the entire I guess season and how are you able to run so well at the end of the year
1: really I mean I think it's just kind of a culmination of a few things overall I felt like I and I was ready to run really fast at the Olympics you know I ran 13 10 twice at the Olympic trials um a month before you know kind of building up into the Olympic games and I, I ran 13 21 pretty comfortably 13 18 pretty comfortably in the rounds and then 13 14 in the final which is not a slow time by any you know any standards of of hurdling um so overall you know it was a pretty good pretty good meet for me obviously I would like to have competed a little bit better and win a medal and or the gold medal right like you, we always talk about like You know, nine hundredths of a second to first place, you know, and only four four hundredths of a second to third. So it's very, very close margins, especially in a race where you have barriers that could, you know, impede or, you know, mess you up. Um, So but uh, overall, the whole season was pretty, pretty good. It was pretty quick for me. Um, I didn't I didn't open up until April. um, The Drake relays and actually ran the uh, prelim race there um, just because I was dealing with some injury stuff um, from 2020, you know, early in the year. So I had to get that taken care of. So I didn't really start training, um, until about February, March of uh, 2021. Um, just because I wasn't really able to, uh, you know, sprint yet and, and hurdle. So I was just trying to kind of get myself healthy enough and fit enough, um, in that time from September, you know, of 2020 to about March. And then once that happened, you know, once I felt good, you know, training was great. It was pretty much, No, no real issues in training, a little bit of, you know, soreness and stuff when I got into it early April, um, you know, and that's kind of why I backed out, you know, backed off a little bit uh, for the Drake relays and, and didn't do all the rounds. But once I started feeling good in May, um, I kind of went after it. And then early June, I ran a couple of meets in Europe um, just because I know how important it is for a hurdler to, to run in competitions, um, especially like you know, the barriers and the way you can try to mimic it and practice as much as you can. But until you run actual races, it's hard to mimic. So as a hurdler, it's super important to, to run like 10, 15, 20 races, you know, before a major competition, um, which I think this year actually ended up running 22 races total, which is kind of on the, on the, the light side, um, I would say. Um, but you know, overall the season was good. And then, you know, my last six races in, in Europe at the, at the back end were probably my best in my career.
0: Yeah. Great racing, you know, throughout the season. And as you said, it's such a fine line. I mean, you're one zero from being Olympic champion. For sure. Yeah. Well, a couple of things about the Olympic final and I, I, I don't know, Grant Holloway's been on the podcast before. And when he got second in the Olympics, some people—I thought this was crazy—but I want to see if you agree with me. They're like, "Oh, he choked!" I'm like, "He choked. He, he ran a pretty decent time. It just wasn't—you know—he's run f- obviously what 12:81 now, but like, yeah. But I feel like it's such a rhythm race. He lost his rhythm at the end of, the, of that race. Uh, I don't know. I, I know you, we should be talking mainly about your stuff, but like, no, there's no, no way he no. Like, choked, right? Uh,
1: no, no, no one, no, no real track—you know—no track athlete would say that. Right. Because we all know the uh, the implications of an Olympic final and competing. And to say that is, is kind of taken away from the, the the quality of the field, really. Right. Because, you know, Hansel Parchment, um, Olympic bronze medalist in 2012. He's run, he's run 12-9 before. Um, he's won a lot of competitions, a lot of meets, world champ, medalist, um, Ronald Levy, Commonwealth Games champ. It um, has run very, very quick this year, all year. And, and me, right? so like that's like saying that like you know grant should just blow us out of the water every single race. obviously grant you know has been probably the most consistent this season, right? just you know with 13, 10s, 13 2s, 13 0s and then his 1280 breakthrough at the Olympic trials. but you know it's still still a lot of fast guys running. And I would argue to say that this is probably one of the faster years in the the event, um, with just the number of people that have run like 13 one and faster. Um, you know, I think there's like six or seven, which is, which is a lot, um, when you put it into, into perspective, um, because then that's only a 10th a, a from 1290. Um, so I wouldn't say, you know, no one would really say he choked. Obviously it's still a competition. You got to race, hand Parkman ran an amazing race. He had one of the best starts of his life. Um, you know, I was there because he beat me to hurdle one, which, you know, almost never, never happens just because, you know, historically he's not, you know, one of the best starters, and Grant Holloway is historically one of the best starters, so, um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure with the Olympic Games and with any competition, really, right, like, we all show up, and, uh, you know, our goal is to win every competition, regardless of, of the, the magnitude, um, so, you know, he ran a great race. he's the Olympic silver medalist at 23, which is, you know, a lot more I can say for myself, you know, I kind of you know, I, I feel like I should be a little bit further along with my career, but you know, sometimes you can't really control what what goes on with you know health and and you know how things move throughout the the seasons and stuff like that. So overall, I would say he did a great job, and 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 you know, kudos to him for to for running a great race. And I'm know he's going to be you know ready to run fast next year too. So it's it's good for American hurdling that we
0: have a lot of guys that are running quick. Yeah, no, it's great, and it's great for track and field fans. I mean, the hurdles. When there's a bunch of guys running fast, it's great because, as you guys said, you need a lot of races. So almost week in, week out, you're racing on the Diamond League. There can be a lot of variability. Like even if, like one year, let's say you're running best or Grant's running best, you're not probably going to win it all the time, or it's very hard because there's these barriers in your way. Yeah, it's great. It's what the sport needs, what fans need, and I'm excited. Um, Looking kind of, you're talking about you wish you were a little bit further along in your career. Let's sort of step back and kind of go through your career. And then we can maybe talk about a little football at the end. Cause football is kind of tied into your career, but I mean, you started off amazing. You went to Oregon recruited to play football and track. I guess you kind of red shirted football your freshman year. Yeah. I broke my wrist during fall camp. <laughs> so I'm lucky. That's the problem with football, right? You yeah. can really get hurt. Yeah. And then your freshman year at Oregon, you run 13-16. You win NCAAs and USATF. And I think now people kind of take it for granted, but like heading into NCAAs, you were the seventh seed. Mm -hmm. Right to the occasion, you win it. Then people are like, okay, well, you won NCAAs. That's not USA level. Then you win USAs. I mean, it it was phenomenal. And also, I was looking at what you ran in high school. You, You ran slower for the shorter hurdles the year before. Like, how, how did you make that much of a progression in one year?
1: Yeah, so I guess, like, you know, in, unless you, like, get the whole picture, it's hard to kind of put that story together. But uh, I started hurdling the end of my sophomore year for about four weeks. Um, and the progression was pretty much, you know, my, you know, couple of weeks of tr- practice. I ran a first race. I think I ran, like, 1580 um, or fifteen four to qualify for st- – the state championship meet, I ran 15:4 regionals, and then the state championship meet my sophomore year, I ran 14:40 in the semis or in the prelims to uh, qualify for the final, and then I ran 13:90 in the final, so I got second. um You know that was a pretty good season for me. I was also a sprinter. I did the 100, 200, and 400 at the same meet. um The next season, my junior year, I focused a little bit more on the hurdles preseason. Opened up my season and ran 13.58, I believe, and broke the state record in my first meet of the season. So then I was like, okay, I'm a hurdler now, right? Like, you know, I'm the best hurdler in Arizona high school history. I'm pretty highly ranked in this event. So then I ran the rest of that season hurdle-wise. You know, I still sprinted um, 300 hurdles, uh, 110 hurdles, 100, 200. um, Ended up running 10.40 and 20.70 in the sprints. And then I ran 13.40. 13-4-0, 13-42 Thirteen four zero or 1342 that year in the hurdles um and then the next season i actually had a high ankle sprain in the last playoff game of my uh, you know senior year in football um which put me out until about april um you know because like that game was i think december um or november around thanksgiving or december so i was pretty much out for about four four or five months um with just like you know some ligament like ligament damage in my ankle and stuff like that so you know, that just kind of sucked and I didn't really get to train that season. Um, I spent maybe like four, you know, six weeks of training for the year. Did this, did this take me, um, ended up running a little bit slower actually that year. I think ran 1445 or something like 1345. Um, which doesn't really, you know, I w I wouldn't say that really counts just because that progression doesn't really fit on how like much better of a hurdler I was. I was a better hurdler, just not as fast because I didn't get to train. Um, and then my freshman year in college, I thought I had to be, you know, ginormous, you know, to play college football. So my senior year in high school, summer, and all through that, put on a whole bunch of weight. Um, I get to Oregon. I weigh like 205 pounds, you know, just beefy. Um, you know, I was pretty strong, but not very fast. Well, not slow, but not as fast as I had been in the past. Um, and then, you know, football season ends. I break my wrist. Um, me and my coach, Jamie Cook, were kind of. You know, started started training in January, you know, getting a feel for each other. Uh, I run a full F4, and I actually ended up running like 50.2 in my split, which is like the slowest F4 split I've run since like an eighth grader. Um, And so Jamie, like I was like, talk to Jamie. I was like, man, I got to figure something out. So I met with my sports nutritionist at Oregon. I was like, hey, you know, I'm 200 pounds right now. I want to be like 180, 185 in like six months from now, right? Like it was like January, right? So like, you know, by June-ish, I want to be 180, 185. I ended up losing like 15 pounds in like three months. Um, and that's kind of where the progression happened, right? Like I ran fourteen zero, you know, kept getting faster, 13.7, 13.5, 13.4, 13.3, 13.27, 13.16. And, you know, it was really every me, I just got better and better. And obviously I was getting better technically as a hurdler, but I was in, getting in better shape, I was faster. Um, so that's, that's pretty much the progression. I would say like maybe my senior year, if I didn't get hurt, I probably would have been knocking on 13.0, 12.90, that window, you know, the magic number in high school. Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of the progression that's, that, that happened leading up to that, where, which I came out of nowhere, um, which, you know, Jamie, my coach, and I knew that uh, you know, I was always had the talent and capability to, 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 to do that kind of stuff. Um, and then 2015 comes along, you know, that 2014 football season comes, it goes great. I'm um, doing really well. I've, you know, playing well. That's the that year Marcus Mariota wins the Heisman. Um, I think at the time I was leading the team in receptions and touchdowns. And uh, we ended up going to the Rose Bowl, um, playing Florida State, beat them. Unfortunately, I tore my ACL uh, the first play of the game, right? So then I didn't play in the national championship. We lose that one which is another fun fact. If we would have won that game, I would have been the only athlete in history to win uh, individual title and track team title and track and team title in another sport um, in one year, uh, which would have been pretty cool. Um, But uh, so yeah, 2015 I lost that season, had an ACL injury, so I didn't run at all. Obviously there's not really any progression because I didn't get to improve Um, 2016, come back, play a little bit football, still a little bit banged up from my, my initial knee injury so football season itself didn't go amazingly but um you know i, I stayed healthy through the through the season you know i was healthy by the time I got the track season and once the track season got going i, I got to train and you know I ended up running 1303 um you know to, to qualify for the olympics so and then i guess the next story is you know do the olympics didn't compete as well as i wanted to that's okay you know it happens um, go back to play college football, tear my other ACL in the Nebraska game um, three weeks later after the Olympic final. So then I'm out pretty much for 2017. Luckily, you know, I figured out ACL rehab, rehab, and I was back in like five months, six months, and I started competing again in April and May and qualified for the world championship team um, in London. Didn't qualify for the final, um, but you know that's okay, you know, considering, you know, eight months before I was – not you know i was i had surgery um so that's kind of the story leading up to out of college
0: yeah no i mean the football injuries were amazing because well i don't know anything about acl surgeries but i can see how guys come back and run play football like if okay if you lose 0.1 or 0.2 a 100 in football it's not the end of the world yeah was there some concern, like, hey, you'll never be as fast as you were i mean you're you're now faster, and you had two knee surgeries, not one yeah, uh
1: I guess there's always concern, obviously, I would have preferred not to get hurt at all, and you know, maybe I progressed even even more quickly, right maybe i'm a, maybe I'm a twelve seventy guy by now. um you know, you never know you can't just you can't assume anything, but luckily, where I was at my time in my my life in my career, I was young. Um, had a great surgeon. I had a great athletic training staff at Oregon that really kind of helped propel my rehab and really focus on the things that needed to be focused on in order for me to perform in both sports. Right, like you know, the goal is to be fast. So the doctors like, all right, we're not taking any, we're not taking any quad tendon graft. We're not using any hamstring tendon because that's gonna, you know, put your muscle dexterity at at risk. You know, your ability to to, to run is, is pretty much your biggest thing. So we use my p- patella tendon. Obviously, that's a little more evasive and more painful. But in the long run, it's better for just athletic performance. Um, so we did that. And then, you know, just luckily now I, f- I feel pretty good. I had a little bit of a injury last year that we had to get cleared up and, and that was good. And in 2019, I had a Achilles thing that was really bothering me. And then, 2018, I had some knee problems that I had, you know, I I went back and got my knees cleaned up, um, you know, scoped and and cleaned up in 2018. So, I mean, it's not, you know, there's a lot of people with injuries, so I'm not, I don't really try to complain too much, but, you know, obviously it would have been nice not to have, you know, some setback, you know, it'd been nice to keep building year after year, which is what I'm really excited about this year because, um, you know, I finished my first season in like five years healthy um you know my you know my first season that where I can start base training today if I wanted to and just get get back into training and, and feel good
0: he said he started lifting yesterday so look out world for 2022 <laughs> Devin, Devin Allen. yeah as a layman you know when i look at your results like 2017 you know you came back with injury you still ran 1310 but then 2018 1323 2019 1333 2020 i mean that's covid 1336 yeah, that's just more about injuries and stuff. Because I remember thinking like, "Wow, what happened to Devin Allen?" I probably thought like, once you came back from the knee surgeries, I guess in my mind there was some question mark whether you'd return from the knee surgeries, and you clearly did. You made the Olympics. Then you ran thirteen ten in twenty seventeen, but then you kind of had this stagnation. Yeah, lol. Um, I mean, it's just a few things. I, you know, I, I, I moved. You know, I moved coaches.
1: Um, and you know, I was, I was working with another coach, um, who's a great coach. He just didn't really quite work out as well as the, my training s- situation that I was with my old college coach. So I moved back with my college coach, Jim Cook. He's a head coach at the Naval Academy now, um, in 2020, like you said, 2020 doesn't really count that 1336 is my only hurdle race of the year. It's like my opener, you know? So it's not, it's not bad for an opener. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, like, you know, 20, 20, 2018 was kind of like an off year, right? There's no champs, trying to figure out new things, new coach, new training paci- environment. 2019, um, I just dealt with an Achilles injury pretty much from right before Drake Relays. I pulled out of Drake Relays, and it was pretty much hurt. Um, had my Achilles injury all the way up until after, you know, Doha. It never run, went away. It actually didn't even go away in 2020. I was still battling that in 2020 as well. Um, it just finally cleared up this this most recent season um but you know like i said it happens people deal deal with injuries all the time um you know that's a part of being a professional athlete is being able to manage take care of your body stay healthy you know it's not always about who's the fastest it's about who can show up on the line you know and be healthy and compete so
0: Marchman, he ran fast same thing like five or six years ago maybe more and then kind of had some years and people kind of th- 2012 2015 yeah yeah, so the hurdles—it's just such a fascinating event because you got to be fast and you got to get the rhythm. You got to be able to get the hurdles. Probably, probably injuries are more of an issue. I don't know. All those- yeah, I
1: mean, it—it it, it, it really depends too, right? Obviously, a lot of us are fast, um, and the issue is too—we're—we're we're pretty much doing a plyometric every hurdle effort, right? Um, you know, you're jumping and landing every repetition, right? So it's a lot of force on your tendons, you know, patella tendon, Achilles tendon, ankles, you know, so you see a lot of just knee, ankle, and and feet injuries just because it's a lot of jumping and landings. But, you know, you gotta manage it, and that's part of it, right? Like, and I'm starting to figure that out now as a professional, you know, my third year, fourth year professional. Um, So, you know, I think I've got it locked in.
0: What's the goal for next year? Uh, You know, is 1280, I mean, I've seen reference to you talking about the world record. What are your goals? You got the, I mean, the world's in Eugene, right? It's pretty much set up for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think overall, obviously I want to progress and keep continuing to progress. Um, I know I'm talented enough to run 1280 or 1270. um, No doubt in my mind. Um, Obviously I just got to put it together. I think if I kept running, you know, a few more meets after the 1299, I probably could have even ran faster. Um, But Um, overall, I think my goal is to kind of do, get my preseason base training in and stay healthy. Um, I want to run indoors this year. It's something that's really important to me. Um, I want to work a little bit. I'm thinking about going to seven steps for the start. I haven't really decided yet just because this, the end of the season, my eight step start really kind of got locked in, um, which is tough. You know, it's always that old saying, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Um, but you know, you never know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of benefits between the two, eight steps and seven steps. So we'll play with it indoors. Um, and then, like you said, obviously the goal is to to win World Championships 2022 back at Hayward Field. Um, that would be amazing. You know, that's pretty much like a, a Cinderella story, I would say. They'd have to make a movie
0: <laughs> if I do that. Yeah, you always seem to rise to the occasion at Hayward Field. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but if, every time you're there, I might go... Like at the trials, I'm like, well, of course he's making the Olympic team, you know? Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you run poorly there.
1: Yeah. My, that's what my, my buddy Bobby uh, Grant, he's a pointer hurdler at Texas AM. He, he uh, told me that. He's like, three things you can be certain of death taxes and Devin making a world, a U.S. US um, championship team, whether it's world champs or Olympics. I'm always on there. Yeah. No, even like
0: the years 2017, 20... 2019. Exactly. I, I scroll through. Yeah. Because yeah. looking at results, I'm like, oh, I saw your PB for 2019. I'm like, oh, I think he's always made worlds, but yeah, you did. So, yeah. <laughs> you got to, hey, I'm a gamer. You got to compete. Yeah. Do you think your experience in other sports, I mean, football, helps you as a hurdler?
1: Yeah. I was joking about that with my buddy yesterday. We were, we were hitting golf balls at the driving range. And he was he was joking that there was like a lot of people at the range, so he was nervous. And he was like, he was like, good luck, don't get nervous. I was like, bro, like the my my the, the level of stuff that I've done <laughs> to get nervous at is not compared to twenty people at a driving ra- range maybe watching me shank a ball. <laughs> so um but yeah, I think you know, just playing the the amount of people in front of the amount of people I played in and college football and then also you know, competing in front of 80,000, 100,000 people in track and field as well. You know, that's about as big as you can get um, pressure-wise. So I think, and and you just get better at
0: it as you you do it. You know, like it just becomes more normal. In Tokyo without the fans, I, I haven't heard any athletes say, they said, yeah, it was exactly the same. It was just like an Olympics.
1: Yeah, it felt like an Olympics, same pressure. The only thing is, you know, they had like some, you know, some fake crowd crowd noise pumping into the stadium before, you know, competition and stuff like that. But, you know, once they say on your marks, you know, you usually get silent anyways. And then once the race happens, you black out regardless. Right. It's like you're zoned out of I can't hear anybody. Right. I'm running, you know, I, I'm focusing on just the next hurdle or just the, you know, whatever I'm doing and I'm not listening to the crowd regardless. So it doesn't really it doesn't really affect um, the athletes that much. Obviously. You know some of the the field events that kind of like to get the, the the crowd into play, that would suck. Um, but for the running events, especially sprinting events, it's so quick that you you know you can't really play on the crowd too much. So it felt it felt pretty normal. And in Tokyo, the the they just did an amazing job making it feel, you know, just like an Olympics, right? Like it didn't feel any different than the Rio Games, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, I commend them for having the Olympics because. The Japanese people, I think, kind of were against it. But the prime minister and the government said, no, we're going to we're gonna have it. So
1: We're going to do it,
0: yeah. I mean, for you guys and for track fans as well, it would have been terrible. No Olympics. Let's turn to football a bit because, I don't know, more Americans are into football than running, right? Unfortunately, or maybe, not unfortunately, I love football. Everybody loves football. There's something wrong with you if you don't love football.
1: I mean, I think people like track and field in the U.S. It's just a little bit harder to consume it than football.
0: Yeah, I mean football's so easy, right?
1: It's like, yeah, it's just it's on every week. Part of the
0: culture. Yeah. Every Sunday or Saturday. Exactly. You're a phenomenal athlete. You played football at Oregon. I mean, as you said, Marcus Mariota's Heisman Trophy year. You were kind of his go-to guy. And then I read a Sports Illustrated article where, where your dad said he thought you could play professional baseball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the Tim Tebow of running. Yeah. But after I think it was 2017. Is that when you decided to go pro and track and kind of give up football?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's when I decided to go pro. Um, I had that second knee injury, and I was kind of over dealing with that kind of stuff. Um, and I knew I wanted to accomplish a little bit more in track and field. Obviously, my goal, my initial goal was to make the Olympics. Um, and now I've done that twice. But now, you know, now it's time to win some medals, time to win an Olympic gold medal, time to start talking about world records and stuff like that, um, you know, because I, I mean i still got some good years in my career i'm only 26 I, I at least got you know i got at least the next olympic cycle easy um could put it into two
0: and i swear hurdlers go old they, they go up in age alan johnson i don't know how old that dude was but he was he was going at it i swear 35 I mean, he ran
1: 12 he ran 12.9 until 36 <laughs>
0: okay so yeah and
1: and here's the thing with the hurdles right like it's an advantageous to be fast. Obviously, you know I run ten twenty. Omar Cloud is a nine nine guy. Grant Holloway ran six fifty indoors at in the sixty. Right, so it's advantageous to be fast. But like the the actual tech technical part of the hurdles hurdles is super important as well. So you know maybe if you get if you get older and you get slower, you can get more technical. And there's no change in time really. You know.
0: Yeah. 'Cause even when I when I was thinking where you are now to the world record, I'm like, Oh, point two, that sounds like a lot. And I'm like, if you think of each hurdle, it's point oh two per hurdle. That's like nothing. You get one little thing right. Yeah. Well and you guys
1: you just gotta think of how much the world record was, was taken down um by Aries, right? Like if Aries didn't run that twelve eighty, it's only the world record is thirteen eighty seven. I guess it's twelve eighty one now if Grant ran it, but it's only twelve eighty seven, which is only two twelve you know.
0: You know, there's, it's amazing how you guys are all sort of in that realm, 1290, 1280 high range. Yeah. But with the, I know when you went pro and track, there were some, I know you kind of looked into whether you could go to pro and track and still run football. And now the NCAA has this, you know, name, image, and likeness stuff. I mean, that would have been perfect for you, right?
1: Uh, Well, actually I could have gone, I actually did go pro and track. Um, I was technically pro in track by the twenty, the end of the twenty sixteen year.
0: And you could still do football or not?
1: I, yes, I just can't. Uh, you know, I just couldn't uh, have like an endorsement deal. I can, could, I could still take prize money and all that stuff. It's just because um, they're two different sports, right? It's like me being a pro saxophonist, you know, you know, professional pianist, and playing college football. It's not, it's not the same entity,
0: right? But you couldn't sign an endorsement deal with Nike or anything like that no not not
1: not then I think maybe now I still don't think you could do that now. I don't think there's any um the nil doesn't go as far as endorsement deals with just like brands um but I'm not exactly sure I don't know all the rules i'm not I'm not an expert
0: <laughs> are you still are you still kind of in the Oregon football pipeline are these guys getting paid decent amount of money from the Nil stuff or
1: Um, I actually don't know. I didn't, you know, maybe this would be a good question to ask. And I'm sure if I reached out to some of those guys, they would, they would, they would tell me. Um, but to be honest and, and, you know, like they all, social media says it's going to be a a few guys are going to make a good, a good amount of money. And then, you know, and then everybody else is going to, you know, get a few grand here, a few grand there, which is definitely helpful. You know, obviously, you know, as a college athlete in the past, I understood like, you know, 1300 bucks a month is kind of tough. You know, to, to live off of when you rent 750 and, you know, you got a phone bill and, you know, you're paying for gas and car insurance and all that stuff, too. So. Um, but, yeah, so I think I think that rule is pretty cool, um, you know, it just kind of opened up the world for the athletes to stay in college longer, you know, like and, and, and not do the, the whole, you know, go play pro football as soon as possible that, you know, they can develop more in, in college.
0: With the football thing, I mean, DK Metcalf ran the 100 this year. There's always speculation like, oh, can these guys beat Usain Bolt? Well, obviously they can't. But, like, I'm surprised you don't get roped into these conversations more. Tyreek Hill, how fast is he? That sort of stuff. I guess first, like, DK, how fast impressed were you with that? I mean, he runs 10.36. Super impressed. Um
1: yeah, like, I, I, you know, as a football player, I just know how fast that Ten is. three is no scrub number at all. Uh, you know, that'll do well in pretty much any college meet as well. So, very commendable. He's obviously one of the fastest guys in the NFL. Um, no doubt about that. Um, and, and also, I ran against Tyreek Hill, you know, when I was in high school. <laughs> so, you know, we, we both ran 200 together. Um you know, back, back I think, my junior year in high school, he actually ran like twenty point twenty point two at the time. Um, maybe he was a, a senior or a freshman in college. Um, but, yeah, he's always been fast, right? So he has he is legit track speed. Um, but, it's, you know, it's a little bit different when you're just focusing on track and, and then just focusing on football. I'm sure, you know, he might not be quite as quick over 200 meters or 100 meters as he was when he was training for it. Um, but the talent's there for sure. Um, and it'd be cool to see, you know, even, even I would throw my hat in there to, to race some of those guys if they want to, you know, cause, cause they're, they're the football guys running track and I'm the old, I'm the track guy. I used to be the old football guy, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. What could you run a hundred in? Do you ever run them all out?
1: I mean, I ran, I ran 1026, my PB in 2018. Um, I'm definitely faster now. I was trying to get into a hundred. Um, towards the end of the season, but I'm definitely into the 10-1, 10 range at least, um, you know, I would I would argue. Um, but, you know, it'd be nice to run 9-9, but that's still pretty fast. So next year I'm going to run a few hundred and that I can run into the to 9-9 so I can be the second guy to run under 13 and under 10,
0: me and Omar. Yeah, that'd be great. What's your dream football track matchup? Who should be in the race? You know, you, Tyreek Kill. Oh, who should be in the race? Okay, Tyreek Hill, uh, shoot, Rashid
1: uh, Moser, I think is his name. He's the running back for uh, the 49ers. Um, I believe he actually is a legit guy. He, 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 ran, he ran at Purdue, and he ran like 10-0. He's a, he's a legit track dude, so he would be, he'd be in there. To be honest, he'd probably win uh, just based on his accolades. Um, DK Metcalf would be fun to have in there. And then maybe a quarterback. It would be, it'd be always fun to have like Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or you know one of the 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 running quarterbacks in there just to show how fast those guys really are because I know those guys can 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 go.
0: And if if, the, if people wore pads, would it be different? Like, does the weight of football pads affect things or not? It's
1: really the helmet. The helmet's the heaviest thing. It sucks. The shoulder pads and stuff aren't aren't that big a deal, but the helmet is just like. So awkward, you know, everybody knows, every football player knows like how sore your neck is after the first week of practice. So, yeah.
0: And should everybody run a hundred or should it be like a 40?
1: (sighs) It's tough. It's tough. Cause the 40 is like arbitrary as well. Like, you know, cause you could say like just run a 20, you know, 20, 20 yard race or a 40 or whatever. Um, I think maybe a 60 would be a good in between, but, Then you got to argue like blocks and no blocks and stuff like that. And that, that becomes a whole nother argument.
0: Yeah. As a kid, the indoor circuit used to be bigger and I swear they had races. Like, I don't know who, but I swear guys like Herschel Walker or something would run sixties. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it wasn't him, but guys sort Mm -hmm. of like that. They'd come, they kind of have like, uh, I don't know if it was the football race would be separate from the main race, but it was kind of like, Hey, let's see how fast these football guys can run, you know? And
1: I, yeah, I mean, that's what they should do. Yeah, that's what it should do. I think, I mean, I think a lot of those guys just like to compete. That's what, you know, you, you saw DK Metcalf. He was just like, you know, I'm just glad to be out here. And I just wanted to throw my hat with these guys. And those guys he ran against are legit, legit 100-meter guys. So it's not like, you know, he's beating, he's he's getting beat by scrubs. He's not. He's getting beat by legit guys.
0: So You said your freshman year at Oregon, you know, you're kind of like slow. But were you still faster than everyone else on the Oregon team? Or are the guys, you know, almost as fast as you?
1: yeah probably yeah yeah no i was still i was still fast i just didn't i wouldn't even say slow i just didn't feel good you know at 200 pounds you know running around it just it just you know as an athlete you just kind of know like what your natural body weight is and and where you feel good at and and that's that was not it for me (laughs) what do you weigh now about 185
0: and in terms of football yeah do you think of ever trying to give it a go in the NFL or you're just so focused on track? You got bigger, you know, big things you need to accomplish first.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm very focused on track and I want to accomplish these goals, but I would love the opportunity to play. Um, You know, it's been a dream of mine since I was five years old to play in the NFL. So, you know, if the opportunity arises itself and and it seems doable and it seems like it makes sense, you know, just, as an athlete, um, yeah, hundred percent I'm gonna go for it. So we'll see. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna close any doors yet. Um, like I said, I'm still young, I'm only twenty six. So, you know, I still got some time to figure out what I wanna do and and, and I talked to Ronaldo Nehemiah in depth about his football career and all that stuff, and you know, it's pretty pretty inspiring to me to to maybe give it a go. Yeah, what do you say? Um, no, he just he was just, you know, kind of talking about the, the the atmosphere and and kind of how, you know, he transferred his speed into the game and how, like, speed, you know, pretty much dominates the game. And that's kind of where his advantage was. And, you know, that's where my advantage would be, really. So, um, you know, it just gives me a little bit of confidence that I could play if I wanted to. But obviously, I know, like, I play college football and the NFL game is, is a lot faster, a lot better. Um, so I know the amount of time and effort I it, it would take for me to get ready to do that. And it's
0: a lot for that to happen. You know, you'd have to make a like concerted effort, right? Like put your name out there. Like a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm just not showing up. I'm just not showing up.
1: And, and I would have to train. You know, I'd spend probably like six months to a year. You know, running routes, catching ball, studying film, all this stuff. So when I do show up, I'm ready to go. I don't want to waste anybody's time if I if I want to try to play. I'm not going to go out there, you know, and make myself look like, look like a fool. I'll be ready to play if I do decide to play. I mean, timing wise,
0: uh, when do you think? that would happen or it's just more sort of something off in the distance.
1: Yeah. It's too hard to tell, you know, it it would have been great if the Olympics were 2020 and then worlds of 2021. And then I could be talking now, like, Hey, we got an off year. I'm going to go try to to, to, to play football. But now, you know, with, with COVID and everything makes everything a little bit more weird.
0: Win worlds next year in Eugene. And then, then you can,
1: We'll talk about it's it. It's a major yeah. track
0: thing off the list. You still need the gold Olympic medal, but, you know, people – then you could say, I'm doing football, and, like, probably just because you said it, like, 10 teams would be like, oh, I won them anyway. They probably would regardless, but – Yeah.
1: We'll see. Yeah, that that I mean, that will definitely help my case. I, I agree.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, half of it – well, the, the Dallas Cowboys – I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. So, the uh, – Jerry Jones would bring you out there just for the publicity anyway, so –
1: yeah. Some, somebody, yeah. And I, you know, and there's a, there's a few coaches that, you know, historically have, have kind of leaned towards, you know, having a lot of athletes just on the field and on their teams, you know, John Groom, one of them. He just, you know, he really seems to, to understand the value of like having some guys that can just can go and some guys that are just like talented athletes that can, that can be on part of the team. Same thing with the saints and, and stuff like that. So um, you know, it should be good.
0: Well, yeah, good luck and, and thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, and yeah, no problem.
1: Thanks for having me, and hopefully uh, this this came out pretty well.
0: Enjoy the Arizona weather. I used to live in Arizona, and I, I miss it. It's, it. Oh yeah, how are you adapting to the Maryland winters?
1: Oh, it's okay. It's just cold. Um, it snowed for like a week last year, but I got a jeep, so I was okay. I was driving around in the snow. I was fine. All right, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks.